and welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today I'll be reading The Raven. Once upon a time there was a queen who had a daughter who was still so little she had to be carried in her mother's arms. One day the child was very naughty, and no matter what the mother said, she would not keep quiet. The mother became impatient, and as she looked at the ravens flying outside the castle, she opened the window and said, I wish you were a raven and would fly away, then I'd have my peace and quiet. No sooner had she said those words than the child was changed into a raven and flew from her arms out through the window. She headed for a dark forest, where she stayed for a long time, and her parents heard nothing more from her. Some time later, a man was making his way into this forest and heard the raven call. He went toward the voice, and as he came closer, the raven said, I am a king's daughter by birth, and have been cursed by a spell. However, you can set me free. What am I to do? he asked. Go deeper into the forest, she said, and you'll see a house. There's an old woman sitting inside. She'll offer you something to eat and drink, but you must not touch a thing. If you eat or drink anything... You'll fall into a sleep and won't be able to release me from the spell. In the garden behind the house, there's a big pile of tan bark. You're to stand on it and wait for me. I shall come three days in a row at two o'clock in the afternoon with a carriage. The first time my carriage will be drawn by four white stallions, the second time by four bay stallions, and the last time by four black ones. But if you fail to stay awake... I won't be set free. The man promised to do everything she demanded, but the raven said, Oh, I can already tell you won't set me free. You'll take something from the old woman. Again, the man assured her he would touch neither food nor drink. However, once he was inside the house, the old woman went over to him and said, Poor man, you're all worn out. Come and refresh yourself. Have something to eat and drink. No, said the man, I don't want to eat or drink. But she would not leave him in peace and kept saying, Well, if you don't want to eat, just take a sip from the glass. One little sip won't count. Finally, he let himself be persuaded and drank. Toward two in the afternoon, he went outside into the garden and climbed onto the pile of tan bark to wait for the raven. As he stood there, he suddenly felt so tired that he could not help himself and had to lie down and rest a little. He did not want to fall asleep, but no sooner had he stretched himself out than his eyes closed by themselves, and he fell asleep. He slept so soundly that nothing in the world would have wakened him. At two o'clock the raven came driving up in a carriage with four white horses, but she was already in full mourning and said, I know he's asleep. When she drove into the garden he was indeed fast asleep. She climbed out of the carriage, went over to him, shook him, and called him, but he did not awake. At noon the next day the old woman came to him again and brought him food and drink, but he did not want to take anything. However, she refused to leave him in peace and kept talking to him until he took another drink from the glass. Toward two o'clock he went into the garden and climbed onto the pile of tan bark to wait for the raven. Then he suddenly felt so tired that his limbs could no longer support him. Since he could not help himself, 
he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. When the raven drove up in her carriage, drawn by four bay stallions, she was already in full mourning and said, I know he's asleep. She went over to him, but he lay asleep and could not be wakened. The next day the old woman asked him what the matter was and why he was not eating or drinking. Did he want to die? I don't want to eat or drink, he replied, nor am I allowed to. In spite of this, she set a bowl of food and a glass of wine in front of him, and as the smell reached his nostrils, he could not resist and took a deep draught. When the time came, he went outside into the garden and climbed onto the pile of tanbark to wait for the princess. Yet he was even more tired than he had been on the previous days. So he lay down and slept like a log. At two o'clock the raven came, and her carriage was drawn by four black horses. The carriage and everything else were also black, and she was already in full mourning. "'I know he's asleep,' she said, "'and he won't be able to set me free.' When she went over to him, he was lying there sound asleep. She shook him and called him, but she could not wake him up. So she put a loaf of bread beside him, then a piece of meat, and lastly a bottle of wine. No matter how much he took from any of them, they would always replenish themselves. After that, she drew a gold ring from her finger and placed it on his finger. Her name was engraved on it. Finally, she left him a letter on the ground in which she explained that the thing she had given him would never run out, and she concluded her letter by saying, I clearly see that you can't set me free in a place like this, but if you still want to save me, then come to the Golden Castle at Mount Stromberg. It's within your power, that I know for sure. And after she had given him all those things, she climbed back onto her carriage and drove off to the golden castle of Mount Stromberg. When the man awoke and saw that he had slept through everything, he was terribly sad and said, I'm sure she's been here and I haven't set her free. Then he noticed the things lying beside him and he read the letter that explained everything that had happened. So he stood up and set out for the golden castle of Mount Stromberg even though he did not know where it was. After he had wandered about the world for a long time, he finally came to a dark forest and continued wandering for fourteen days. When he realized that he could not find his way out, he lay down exhausted on the fourteenth evening and fell asleep under a bush. The next day he moved on, and in the evening, as he was about to lie down under another bush, he heard such a moaning and groaning that he was unable to sleep. When the hour came for people to light their lamps, he saw a light glimmering in the distance, got up, and went toward it. Shortly after, he came to a house that appeared to be very small, because a big giant was standing in front of it. If you try to go inside, he thought to himself, and the giant catches sight of you, he'll put an end to your life. Finally, he decided to risk it, and stepped toward the door. When the giant saw him, he said, it's a good thing you've come. I haven't had a thing to eat for a long time. So I'm going to gobble you up for supper. You'd better not, said the man. I don't like to be gobbled up. If you want something to eat, I have enough here to fill your stomach. If that's true, said the giant, you can rest easy. I wanted to eat you only because I had nothing else. They went in and sat down at the dinner table and the man took out the bread, wine, and meat that never ran out. I like this very much, 
said the giant, and he ate to his heart's content. After supper, the man asked him, Can you tell me the location of the golden castle of Mount Stromberg? The giant said, I'll look it up on my map. It shows all the cities, villages, and houses. He got out a map that he kept in the room and looked for the castle, but it was not on it. Don't worry, he said. I've got even larger maps in the closet upstairs. We can look for it on them. Yet it was all in vain. Now the man wanted to move on, but the giant begged him to stay a few more days until his brother returned. He had merely gone out to fetch some provisions. When the brother came back, they asked him about the golden castle of Mount Stromberg. When I've finished eating, he said, I'll look it up on the map. A little while he climbed upstairs with them to his room, and they looked for it on his map, but could not find it. Then he got out other maps that were even older, and they kept on looking until they finally located the castle. However, it was thousands of miles away. How will I ever get there? asked the man. I've got two hours to spare, said the giant. I'll carry you as far as I can, but then I must return home and nurse our child. So he carried the man until he was about a hundred hours' walk from the castle and said, You can go the rest of the way by yourself. Then the giant turned back while the man went on day and night until he finally came to the golden castle of Mount Stromberg. But the castle was up on a glass mountain, and he saw the enchanted maiden drive around the castle in her carriage and go inside. He was happy to have caught a glimpse of her and wanted to climb up to her. Yet, whenever he tried, he slipped down again on the glass. Once he realized he could not reach her, he was very distressed and said to himself, I'll stay down here and wait for her. So he built a little hut for himself and stayed there for one year. Every day he watched the princess drive around on top of the mountain, but he could not climb up to her. One day he peered out of his hut and saw three robbers fighting. When he called out to them, God be with you! They stopped fighting, listened to see where the cry came from, and then resumed fighting when they could not see anyone. It was dangerous just to be near them, but again the man called out, God be with you! Again they stopped, looked around, and resumed their fighting when they could not see anyone. Finally, he called out for a third time, God be with you! And this time he thought to himself, You'd better go see what those three are up to. So he went out to them and asked them why they were fighting. One of them said he had found a stick, and that whenever he struck a door with it, the door would spring open. The second said he had a cloak, and that whenever he hung it over his shoulders, he would be invisible. The third said he had caught a horse, and that one could ride it anywhere, even up the glass mountain. However, they did not know whether to share these things or to part ways. Then the man said, I'll make an exchange with you. I'll take those three things, and to be honest, I don't have any money, but I do have other things that are worth more than money. First, however, I must test your things to see whether you've told me the truth. They let him sit on the horse, put the cloak over his shoulders, and handed him the stick. As soon as he had all three objects, they could no longer see him. So he gave them all a good beating and cried out, Now, you lazy scoundrels, you've got what you deserved. Are you satisfied? The man rode up the glass mountain, and when he got to the top, he found the castle door was closed. So he struck the gate with a stick, and it immediately sprang open. 
He entered and went up the stairs until he came to a hall. There sat the maiden, and she had a goblet filled with wine in front of her. However, she could not see him because he was wearing the cloak. When he went over to her, he pulled off the ring that she had given him and dropped it into the goblet so that it rang out. "'That's my ring!' she exclaimed. "'Then the man who's going to set me free must be here somewhere.' They searched all over the castle, but they could not find him. Indeed, he had gone outside, mounted the horse, and thrown off the cloak. When they finally saw him out by the gate, they rejoiced. So he dismounted and took the princess in his arms. She kissed him and said, Now that you've set me free, we shall celebrate our wedding tomorrow. The End The Brothers Grimm Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives license. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Sipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other tales, you can find them on our website, grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or subscribe through iTunes. And if you're in iTunes, would you mind leaving a review or clicking on stars to give this podcast a rating? It helps other people find the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thank you.